Come on, why don't you clap your hands to Jesus right now. Can we do that? All over this place. Jesus, we love you, we love you, we love you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We praise you, God. I'll tell you one of the great things about um, being um, in, in a place like this is there's no telling what can happen. You might know what I'm talking about. Anybody has ever been, have you been healed before anybody in the building? Uh, amen. I'll tell you, we, we, uh, you can be seated. I'll, I'll, we'll jump in and, and I will read in a moment. But I just want to give you a quick, and I'm very aware of the time. It's 12, 18 a.m. currently. And so um, time flies in, in the Arctic blast. Um, <laughs> very aware of the time that I thought, no, I'm not. I am not aware at all of the time currently. Um, but we're going to pray for that clock in Jesus' name. We'll start right there. Um, we started our church. Um, we're, we are into going into our eighth year. In October will be eight years in northwest Arkansas. And when we came, it was my wife and my daughter and I, and, and we started the church, just the three of us, and it was um, uh, quite a beginning. But let me just say, and I'll, I'll probably share more later on, but I'm not going to take too much time talking about that. I wanted to say it for this very reason. When we began, thank you, I somehow lost two waters from the office to this point. So we're going to watch that one to make sure it doesn't disappear. There's a, there's a water thief around here somewhere. I see it back there beside Brother Tom. Um, but um, one thing that's amazing is when you, when you come into a place where, where people have not been raised in this, and I heard some testimonies tonight about it, They've not been raised in it. So here's the deal. They don't know how to worship. We know how to worship, right? We know when the, when the chorus goes to that point and the music gets there, we're like, okay, it's time to stand up. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? And, and, and when, when, we, when we get to that point and, 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 the, and the preacher gets going and we know how to, amen, yes, amen, it's good stuff. Taco Bell's closing soon, or they never close, but you know, we, we know how to do that. What's amazing is when you go to that place, and I know you've experienced it here, I'm just simply talking about my experience. When we had brand new people walk through the doors that were still drug addicts, had no idea how to get to the next, the next day. They didn't know how things were going to work out. They had no clue that there was something that could wash away their sins, and they carried this baggage and all this stuff and all this thing of life and all these things. And one man, Mark, that we baptized in Jesus' name, we baptized him. He had talked to me over a Bible study about how he could not get rest. He had all the burden of all these things on his life. And I said, Mark, that right there is what, what makes me help. Or is, 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 um, I want to let you know what you need, I guess, is what I pretty much said. That right there is where baptism comes in because it doesn't blot out or make you forget about it. What you're doing makes you forget about it for a few hours. But what I want to tell you about is baptism in Jesus' name. Why? Because you actually bury and get rid of that old man and come up new. For the first time in, in 30, 40 years, whatever it was, Mark called me the day after we baptized him in a horse trough in water that was just about freezing. I thought we might kill him and be on the news. But instead, when he came out of the water, 67-year-old Mark looked at me and he said, it's gone. It's gone for the first time. It's. Let me just tell you, this is... Still, that it still is, Amen. And I'll say one more thing because this is a family that is new in our church. Um, 
you know, you're not supposed to work. You're not supposed to run the aisles on on slow songs. You don't. If you didn't know that, don't do it. It's against the rules in Pentecost. You don't. You run the aisles on fast songs. And we were singing a slow song, and this new guy, I don't know what he was thinking, he took off and ran the aisles on a slow song. Let me just tell you real fast, we've never had anybody run the aisles in our church. Never. No one really knows how to worship in our church. It's like, do we do this now? Because everyone's new. We didn't get the neighboring churches people. We started a church. We didn't do that. But we, I was just joking. It's a sore subject in some places, not here. Um, but, but we didn't get, I, I'm just making myself, is it okay if I be at home? I'm aware kind of of the time. I know when I started at 12, 18 a.m., so I'm four minutes in. But this guy didn't know that we couldn't run the aisles on a slow song. I'd worked full time in this job, and he was beside me. We were both in this very, very high-pressure, stress job, and he could not figure out how I was keeping my cool. And, and, and finally he found out at Pastor Church, and he didn't realize that we didn't keep our cool. We just kept our cool in front of people. And I don't know why I'm, why am I acting this way right now, Brother Brandon. He's like, everything I said is wrong about the kindred spirit thing. He's like, uh, Danny and his, and his wife, they, they, he came and said, I'd love to come to your church. And I said, man, come on, I'd love to have you. We're singing what a beautiful name it is. And we get to the bridge, and it's, again, a slow but yet powerful song. And all of a sudden, we see this man who had no idea. He got so excited. I remember I just stepped to the pulpit to preach, and they're singing the song, and I just took a mic, and I remember seeing him like, I don't know what to do right now. I don't know what I'm going to do. He had never been trained to do this. He had never been told you run the aisles when you're excited. He had never been told this is the Pentecostal handbook of how you do things. He was never given that. He got so excited that he took off around our church and ran and ran and lifted his hands up tonight on the way here. His 15-year-old girl that's been going through all kinds of problems. Her friends are cutting themselves. One tried to uh, um, commit suicide just two weeks ago. We've been working with her. She was in the altar Sunday, and she just texted her parents from school, and I got the text on the way here that when I get back, and I kind of said, y'all go ahead, but they said, no, we want you there. When I get back, she wants to be baptized in Jesus' name. Let me just tell you real fast. Just in case you're not sure, this is still... I'm tell you real fast, just just so you know, to I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to the young people tonight, but I want all the the sweet, loving people that I've gone on before and paved the trail. You guys did a great job, but don't worry about this generation. This is not the generation to worry about. Let me just tell you real fast. We for years said, oh, I'm worried about, no, this is not the generation. This is the generation that understands that we have to believe exactly what's in the word of God, and we're gonna reach our world. Amen. Amen. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'll say more thanks later if that's all right. I'm going to jump into this. Is that okay with everybody? Just know I'm glad to be here. I'm thrilled to be here. I don't like your weather situation you got going on. But other than that, we're all good. And so thank you so much for letting me come. I wish my family was here. Um, they are the coolest part of me and the best part of me. But I, I, I promise you this, um, I'm, I'm thrilled, thrilled, thrilled to be with you. And God's going to do great things. Young people, you all understand that, right? Some of y'all were like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, you got to get it together. Um, just kidding, just kidding. Y'all figure out real fast, I am awfully awkward at times. Um, let's go to 2 Kings chapter 5. Are you okay this evening? Now, one thing that I, I hope you understand, right now we'll have a, a um, our services a little bit different than what we used to have. 
back in the day, we were in this small little building uh, that was an absolute, um, it was so bad, I kid you not. We had an African missionary come, and they, they assigned him to come speak for us. We were broke as a joke, and I didn't know how in the world we were going to pay him. We were just thinking, we're going to pay him with some country fried chicken or something, and we're going to give some white gravy on that and make him happy. But we, we, they, they came, and I remember at the time we were dealing with a raccoon in our ceiling that was living there. And the building was so bad. I'm not joking. Whatever you're thinking, it's a million times worse. Our building was so bad. But we got a, a small area that was probably from, the, from the, the music stands to this point and from wall to wall would be about exactly the size of our building. We, would have, we were packing it with 65 people or so. And I kid you not, I would be preaching about where those stands are with my back to the wall, and we had kids that would sit here. And they were all playing with all kinds of toys. And we had, we had, had, all, that we had them all in there at one point uh, at different times. And then we had, we just, we'd pull out stools and we brought in, I kid you not, buckets and all these different things. But, but um, we had an African missionary say that, man, I, I feel bad for you. Y'all got a bad building. When an African missionary says you got a bad building, <laughs> it's a bad building. Oh, it's, 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 it's a bad building. I kid you not, it was really, really bad. And so we had a lot happening, a lot going on. But now we're in a great building we built out. We're leasing it, but we built it out on Sundays. We'll have about 150, 160 people there. In eight years, God's done miraculous things. But we have brand new people, brand new people. And that are, we're growing and God's doing great things. But let me just say that, that, that there's no telling what can take place. Is that all right? So I'm just going to be at home, okay? I didn't come here to like, like I want to be at home. And I'm, I'm, I'm one good thing, though, I was going to say about, about being in that setting. When you start and you go a year and a year and a half or so with 15 people or so, at times six, after they get mad at you and you lose one whole family and they're like, you're back down the square. You know. But anyways, after, after some of that stuff, you realize that you got to honor people's time. So I just want to tell you real fast, I'm going to do my best to jump into this. We're going to let God speak to us and let him move in the altar service, but I'm not going to take too long. Is that okay with you? Everybody say that's a good deal. Oh, that's like the best response I've had on anything yet. This is still that. We're still here. All right. 2 Kings chapter 5, and we're going to jump right in. 2 Kings chapter 5, and um, let me see here. I'm going to go ahead and and move forward a little bit. Um, Verse 15, let's read verse 15, and we're going to kind of look at this text and see what the Lord maybe would, would say to us. And I promise you, I will, like I said, be very, very aware of the time. Are you there in your Bible? Is the Bible on behind me there? Some of you are like, yeah, I got the big Bible. And he returned to the man of God, and he and all his company and came and stood before him. And he said, behold now, I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. No other God. No other God but in Israel. He goes on and says, Now therefore I pray thee, take a blessing of thy servant. But he said, As the Lord lives before um, whom I stand, I will receive none. He urged him to take it, but he refused. And Naaman said, Shall there not then I pray thee be given? He throws a curveball at us here, just so you, 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 I mean, this is like out of left field. Would there not be given, since you're not going to take the gold that I brought you, would you give me two mules, or, or in other words, all the dirt that two mules could possibly carry. Can you give me that? Again, totally out of the left field. 
I need, I need all the dirt I can take, for thy servant will henceforth offer neither burnt offering nor sacrifice unto other gods, but unto the Lord. And verse 18, And this thing the Lord pardon thy servant, when my master goeth into the house of Ramon to worship there, and he leaneth on my hand, and I bow myself in the house of Ramon. When I bow down myself in the house of Ramon, the Lord pardon thy servant in this thing. And finally, let's read in verse 19, And, and, uh, and he said unto him, Go in peace. So he departed from him. A little way go in peace so he departed from him a little way I'm gonna ask you just to help me right now we're gonna just simply pray and ask God to speak to us and 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 let the Lord have his way tonight can we do that Jesus we thank you we thank you for what you what you've already done for what you're going to do God I pray that you touch every person but especially I pray you move on these young people help them Lord to understand there is more that we can have there is more that is 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 there for us God I pray you'd speak a direct word. Thank you for letting us be, Lord, in your house with your people, looking at your word, God, and we give you praise and we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. So we have here in this, in this text, we have Naaman. The Bible, the Bible talks about Naaman, and, and um, he's, he's a character that I, um, I kind of um, think is, is quite interesting. He contracted this disease that was kind of equal to... Um, to his strength, so to speak, uh, it paralleled in, in his type of strength. It was, it was leprosy. And what leprosy does is it's not just a disease that, that works slowly and does whatever. Leprosy actually goes into your flesh. And can you stick your arm up for me real fast? And, and um, just don't hit me with that big arm. But it starts and it, and, it, and it spirals. It spirals around the bone and separates your flesh from its life source. So you literally are dying while you're living. You watch yourself die. So Naaman had this disease of leprosy, and the Bible calls him, or Naaman uh, in, in the Hebrew was what the Bible would call an ish-gadad in the Hebrew. He'd be an ish-gadad. This ish, everybody say ish-gadad. That's what you call somebody that's big, tall, much like myself, big, tall, muscular, you're not sure if you're going to laugh or not. Make sure you're getting it and follow me. Big, tall, muscular, um, um, someone that could just do amazing things. Naaman was a man that could overtake a city by himself. He was a man that had great, great skill. He was a man that was so, so mighty in battle, and, and he was kind of the, the, uh, the, the go-to guy. He was the captain of the host of the king of Syria. Now, Syria believed one thing, and Israel believed another thing. Syria believed that the God um, um, that you worship was a God that was directly uh, attached to location. He was central to location. He was a God that, that if, if you have rivers and streams in, in, in Missouri, then that's the God. You have a God of rivers and the God of streams and the God of, of hills and the God of, of the cardinals and all that kind of stuff, right? But in Arkansas, you'd have the God of the Delta on, on, on the east side. And you'd have, um, you'd have, you know, whatever, you get the point. So, so what he believed was that, but when he, he, here he is getting sick, and the scripture tells us that there was actually a servant in the house. And, and, and a woman heard that he was sick, and they said, we don't know what we're going to do. He's going to die. And she says, no, 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 no. But if he'd go to, if he'd go to the to to where they believe differently, if he if he'd go to this to where, where they see things differently, let me just stop and tell you real fast that sometimes even when you're in bondage, even when you're when when you're doing something that maybe is not what you desire to do, you can speak of things that God is doing in your life, and there are things that can take place. And even in this moment right now, she begins to testify about God being able to heal Naaman of his sickness. 
just tell you real fast. Sometimes it's the smallest word. Sometimes it's a very, very simple statement to a friend. While they're in a dark situation, let them know that there's some hope you can have if you'll just search for it and find it in the Word of God. So the Bible tells us he gathers all of his people. Pretty much, let's just say this. Since we got this theme, and I, and, and I know where this drives from a little bit, um, he takes everyone to Youth Congress, so to speak. Naaman says, come on, guys, we're going. And the scripture kind of tells us he's expecting a big event. He goes and he gets all of his chariots. He gets all of his men, and they gather all this caravan together, and they go all the way, and they're on their way to Israel, and they, they, they come up, and they, they bring gold and silver, and they're going to go in, and they're going to pay for a miracle. So they go to the king. He's expecting, like, thunder to fall. He's expecting all this cool stuff to happen. He's expecting uh, um, to be at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis and have, like, all these young people with these co- these these not costumes, these outfits uh, they've planned out. <laughs> oh, Lord, what am I doing tonight? I don't even know. With these outfits that they've planned out for months and months and months and months and months, and he's expecting all of these things, these big events. He's expecting this big, huge, great moment. And, and he comes to the king, and he goes and he says, hey, here's this. Can you give me a healing? And the king says, who in the world do you think you are that you'd come here and you would think like this and you would do this? You see, the king didn't understand his thinking because, because uh, Naaman believed that, 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 that they were the God of healing because they were having healing in the land. He believed they were the God of deliverance because deliverance was there. But the king didn't believe that. They believed differently. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is... They believe different. They believe the God of here is the God of there. And the God of there is the God of here. And there's just one, one God. They believe differently. But however, Naaman didn't understand it. He didn't know exactly what to do. And so the king literally turns him away and gives him his money. And he marches out and he's so upset. And the prophet Elisha hears about this. And Elisha says, let him know there is a prophet in the land. And he sends for him. And Naaman goes to his house and he knocks on his door. And Elisha does something kind of interesting he sends a young man a servant to the door and the servant says you need to go wash three times or seven times go wash go wash in the river and he's thinking man this is the worst thing it's stinky it's smelly and what he was expecting was a big event he was expect expecting a midweek youth service where only five people show up he wasn't expecting something where it was just something like where you're where you're like your feet are on the real ground your feet are dealing with it you're you're there dealing with the everyday stuff where, where you got to go to school and you're dealing with the people that talk the way they talk and they act the way they act it's easier when we're at at, at youth congress it's easy when we're at the campground it's easy when we're at a big event it's easy at those points and those places it's easy to say this is that but what about when you go home where's where's my man that was going home and and and, and, and his family wasn't living for god i'm talking about that kind of stuff when you go home and you have to say you know what every day i get up and this is that this is still that. This is what the prophet Joel spoke of. This is exactly what was happening in the Acts church. This is that. So, so the prophet tells him, or the, the young man tells him, and Naaman gets so upset because he was expecting some great, great event. He gets in his chariot, and he goes, and he's on his way out of town. And, and the Bible says that there's a young lad, which was literal, meaning there was a man that was almost like an apprentice watching him. And he was probably scared to death to say this, but he probably is shimmering and shaking. And he says, Naaman, can I speak freely? And Naaman says, go ahead. And he says, you are crazy. This man told you exactly what to do. This man told you 
you exactly how to get there. He told you what you should do. Sometimes it's not in the big event. It's just in the obedience. Sometimes that's where it's at. You see, we all want to go and get caught on fire, and then we come back, and we don't want to follow the simple guidelines of living for God and speaking to God and communicating to God and doing these things and, and following our youth pastor and following our pastor and pastor's wife and so on and so forth. And this man simply says, you're missing out over obedience because this is something everybody can do and not just you can do. You're walking away from a miracle that can happen in your life. And Naaman says, you know what? You're right. And he simply says, guys, we're going back. And he goes down to the water. Now, Here's where it all kind of takes place, and I'm, I'm hurrying to get there. Here's where it kind of happens. Naaman goes once, twice, three times. How many times did he ask him to go in one more time? Seven times. Does that mean you go in six times? And you're, No, he goes in seven times, and something happens between going in the seventh time and coming out the seventh time. You ever, you ever been in that moment before you have an experience? You, you, well, you, you're almost like the man in our church that didn't know what to do. Just something came over you, and you're just like, I don't know what's. And this guy, I'm talking about a guy that's got it all put together. He had his nice shirt on. He had his nice pants on. His, his kids probably were like, what in the world is daddy doing? And he just got so excited because he's a good God, and he just took off. Naaman goes down in the water, and he has an experience. Something happens. And the Bible, and this is what I almost really love about the things of God, is he's got, almost got like a humor about him that, that he, Imagine this Ishkadai, Naaman being a man that had fought fought armies. He had, he had had his hands all calloused up. His arms had scars. He remembered that battle and that battle. But the Bible says that, that he had new skin, and it was that as of a young child's skin. Is that how the Bible says it? Pretty much he gives him baby's skin. Imagine when Naaman was like, hey, man, good to see you. They were like, dude, lay off the lotion. Oh, man, you got some beautiful skin, Naaman. You know, it's, it's almost like, but here's the thing. God gives him brand new skin. Just like that, it's all gone. Naaman jumps up out of the water, and he hurries and leaves the caravan behind. He hurries now to the prophet's house. He beats the door down almost, and he says, now I know. Let me just tell you, sometimes it's not, it's not in the big event, but it's simply in the experience you can have at any point in time where your friends can say, you know what, now I know. My parents taught me this way, but I want to let them see this too. My friends do it this way, but one experience and one trip to an altar in one moment where the Spirit of God moves on you and changes your situation. Naaman had all these years of all this teaching of believing one way, but one experience made him realize no longer do I believe there are all these different gods, but now I know there's no other God other than the God of Israel. Why? Because my gods never did me this way. My gods never touched me this way. My gods never changed my life. I never experienced this in my life. Naaman says, I, I, I've got to have this. I want this. And so because of all these things happening, because of these things taking place, Naaman gets so caught up in the, again, it's like he took five steps forward, but he had to kind of go back two steps because his thinking was there. Let me just say sometimes, and, and I know we all deal with this, but let me just remind you, it's not wise to move someone so quickly that they can't possibly even realize what's happening 
Is, is that okay? We've got people that are serving in our church, that are growing in our church, that are getting there. But I want, I, I'm, I'm helping them. I'm coaching them in life. And I know pastors doing the same thing here. I just want you to understand sometimes we demand these certain results. But the, the prophet speaks of wisdom here and shows us something that we should do with our, our friends and our relationships. He says simply this, will you please take this money? And the prophet says, no man, I'm not taking this. He says, well, if you won't take my gift, then can I get something from you? And this is where we come to this, 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 this kind of left field um, 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 question that he asks. He says, okay, if you're not going to take my gold, can I have your yard? Can I, guys, get the buckets, get the donkeys, come on, come on. They start getting, the, and, and, and the prophet's like, guys, what are you doing? I, I, need, I need some dirt. And he says, no, 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 no. He says, but here's the deal. Now listen to me real close. He says, can you, can you pardon me in this thing? And here's why. Because when I, I love what I feel here. And I like what I have here. And I, I don't want to go back the way I, I don't, I don't want to go back to what I had. But, but the problem is when I go, when I go to the, to, to, to the house for a moment, Brother Justin, can I, can I have, just for a moment? This is our Ishkadad. There's a reason why I couldn't be it right here, but he can the prophet, he said, he said, listen to me. He said, well, I, I actually, he leans on me, and it was meaning he's old, he's feeble. And, and when he goes and he bows, because he's feeble, I bow with him. It's literally, I, I, I bow with him. And we're here bowing to an image, a golden image or, or, or a statue or something that was, that, was, that was created by man. But now I know there's nothing in that. There's no life in that. I've, I've experienced something here that I've never experienced before. And so don't forget what his thinking is. His thinking is different. He was saying that, can I have your dirt? Why was he saying, can I have your dirt? Don't forget his belief. His belief was tied that your God is represented by your location, by your dirt. Your God is tied to where you are. So what he was simply saying was, can I, can I take can I take um, some some uh, some of what you have here? Can I take Israel with me? In other words, can you give me some Israel so that everywhere I go, I can pack some dirt in my pocket? And when I go into the house for a moment where they don't believe like I believe, and when I go to my school where they don't believe like I believe, and when I go to work and they don't talk like I talk, and I go to this place or that place and they don't they don't live the way I live, and I'm dealing with all this junk and all this filth, and everybody's doing it their way, but I don't don't want to be that anymore can I just have a little Sunday night church where I say you know what you can be that but I'll be this you can be what you are but I'll be this I will be what God's called me to be I'm never going back but I want to be right here in Israel he was, he was sincere there was nothing wrong with what he asked. There was nothing wrong with what he said. He was saying, I've experienced something, but I don't want to go back. I want this, so let me take all I can. All I've got is two mules. I want to get everything I can so that there's never a moment that I don't have something in my pocket so that when everything's going wrong, I can say, you know what? Pastor just preached a message and told me this day would come, but I can shout in front of my enemies or whatever the case may be. So Naaman was saying, let me just give me a let me have a break here. Just can I can I please please take it with me? And, and notice what the prophet says. The prophet simply says, No, 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 you're missing it. Again, like like two steps back again, because you're thinking that it's in the dirt. It's not in the dirt. He's everywhere. He simply says, Man, how about this? Just simply this. He responds, not by he didn't get on a picnic table and, and 
say Turner Burn Naaman 2018 he didn't do that <laughs> I don't know why in the world I'm acting this way I, mean, I need my wife here she'd be like chill out Paul No one Facebook Live tonight, okay? That's scary, by the way. He didn't say, chain him up, boys, keep him here. He's staying here. He's not, you know, he's not going back. No, he was saying, I've got responsibilities. I've got to return. I've got to go back. The, the king's looking for me there. But I don't, want to, I don't want to go back to what I was. I want to go back with something new. So what did the, what did the, what did the prophet say? Go in peace. Everybody say, go in peace peace. Here's what this, this, this means. The, the Hebrew word for peace is, is what? Shalom? Which means covenant. Means, means pretty much in our lingo would mean simply this. Go in peace means go in relationship. That word is, 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 is our word relationship or the, 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 the meaning of that word brings us to our modern day word of go in relationship. So what he was saying was this. What's your name? Matthew? Come with me for a minute. Making sure I wasn't going to get are you, all you big guys up here. I'm up here like nervous. Got Matthew the drummer up here. Okay. Here's the deal. Here's what he was saying. He was saying that you don't have to like, you don't have to just stay there. You don't have to go and, and say, God, I'm going to live for you. And, 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 and okay, church is over. Now I get to go do my thing. And enjoy this and be that and, and oh there's a tough time and I get to pull out a little song and yeah I got church there's too much of that going around there's too much of that kind of stuff there's too much people that are living on a song or living on a message living on an event and don't get me wrong I, I appreciate what happened at youth congress don't get me wrong I'm all for it but there's too many things where people are starting to get kind of dry now we got a whole another year to wait to get saved no you have what you need right here right here this is exactly what you need. Don't misunderstand me. I am a full, 100% supporter of every big event we have. I love them. I'm at them all. I thank God for them. But what I'm not okay is when young people think that's what it's about. You ought to go into those places full of the Holy Ghost, not to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You ought to walk out of your church and say, I've never been greater. I've never been better. Now I'm going to go and let God continue to fill me up. Is that all right? So don't misunderstand me. No one misunderstand me. I am 100% behind it. I, I, I was there, one of the greatest moments in our movement ever. I'm all for it. But I want you to know that you have to understand one thing. When you go in peace, as the prophet said, you don't take just a song or an event or a message with you. You take him with you. You take him with you. Everywhere you go, no longer are you by yourself. But now you're walking. Don't worry, I've got a beautiful wife. No longer are you worried. No longer are you worried. You understand one thing. That when I go through a storm, he's with me. I don't have to wait till another event to get figured out. When I go through a trial, he's with me. When I'm on the mountaintop, guess what? I don't have to say I'm up here. But I'm, no, he is with me. But at the same time, as she said, when I go in the valleys and I deal with life and I deal with struggles and I deal with pains and all of a sudden my family's ripped apart, you don't have to wonder if I'm not, I'm, I'm going to be okay. Why? Because I went in peace. I walked away from what God did in my life and I allowed him to go with me. He is with me and I'm with him. I am going in peace. I'm going. So let me 
just say this, and I'm hurrying, I promise you, I promise you I'd hurry, and I'm almost done. Musicians, you can come, but let me just help you understand something real fast, that no matter where you're at, if you walk in Walmart, you need to go in peace. When you walk in, you ought to say, God, speak to me. If there's somebody hurting, if there's someone going through it, we, we had a man in our church that all of a sudden has gotten this faith about him, and he walked into Walgreens the other day and called me, and he said, I was in Walgreens, and this woman was leaning over, hurting in her back, and I, I, I just kind of looked at her and thought, man, that's terrible. And then I thought, we've been speaking about faith in our church, and this guy is brand new. I'm talking about brand new being a year or so. He has the Holy Ghost. We baptize him in Jesus' name, and he had the audacity to believe something I preached. Begin to talk about speaking things into existence. Beginning to speak to, to sickness and it fleeing. And he walked by this lady who was kind of bent over and he began to kind of go in and shop. He said, I didn't even know why I was at Walgreens, but I turned around and I said, ma'am, what's wrong with you? She said, I've got terrible pain in my back. He said, can I pray for you? And she said, without a doubt, I would love for you to pray for me. He said, pastor, I laid my hand on his back, on her back and said, in Jesus' name, I speak life into the situation right now. In sickness, you have to go. And in pain, you have to go. And he said, I kid you not, I did not really, I believed it could work, but I didn't know if it would work. And he said, I began to speak in Jesus' name right there by the registers. He said, I looked up and the lady that was behind the register kind of looked at me like, what in the world's about to happen? And he said, I just kind of smiled and the lady looked up and said, my goodness. I kid you not, I'm not, she could not believe it. Now I'm not trying to bring you something that's just made up. I'm telling you what happened in Rogers, Arkansas just a few months ago where this happened, just a short time ago, this took place. I'm talking about taking him with you where you go every situation it's it's not that I just take the dirt I don't just take what, what what's easy and, and I don't just go and say God I just want you to be available for me where I can pull out whatever I want to pull out and say okay I can have church no take him with you and go in peace in Jesus name I want you to close your eyes just for a moment right here, right now. And I want you to understand one thing, that you are a full-time apostolic. Everywhere you go, you ought to leave a, just, a, just, a, just something different than anybody else. You ought to go and you ought to speak to darkness. You ought to go and know that you can, you, can, you can speak to sickness. You ought to go and know that God can change whatever situation lies before you. You have the power in you. This is that very thing. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In closing, when Paul and Silas were in the inner prison, they had nothing else to do, but they knew that he was with them. And so what did they do in that darkest moment? They just began to sing praises and worship their God. And what happened? All of a sudden, their situation changed. Why is it? Because they knew they had him. He was there. He was with them. When they began to understand that I can, I can experience it right now in this place. I wish I wish we would understand once and for all that when we walk out of this place, He's with us. He's with us. He's with us. He's with me no matter what I go through, no matter what I walk into tomorrow, no matter what I walk into tonight, He is with us.
In Jesus' name. Would you stand to your feet this evening? I know it's a little bit late, but I'm going to ask you just, just, just for a moment here. I believe the Lord wants to just speak to you and touch you. And I know, I, I know where we are, but I wish you'd just be willing to step out and say, God, I want you to speak into my life. I wish these young people would go ahead and join us this evening and say, God, help us, God. In Jesus' name, Lord, we ask that you move in every, every area of our lives, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yes, God, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus.